Hey, Nate, uh, did we get that new Sabak game in? Uh, sort of. Sort of. It's, I'm talking about the one that we ordered through Visceral. Oh, no. I mean, I know exactly which one you're talking about. And, and a product came in. Yeah. What? They Did they send us the wrong game? Or, like, what's up? Well... Okay, so they had kind of a change in the middle of it, and it wound up going to a different company, and the original company or the original group was shut down and kind of scattered. Um, so they sent us what we ordered, but what we ordered was Sabak, and what we got was a slot machine? What? How are they even going to do that? Like, it's not... Th- those are two totally different games. Uh, it, it, uh, all I can say is... EA? Oh, uh, yeah. I guess I guess I shouldn't expect any better. Enjoy your stay. I suggest a new strategy. You truly belong here with us, fucking club. Don't get excited. Welcome, scoundrels, to another exciting and somewhat depressing, I suppose, episode of Cloud City Casino. This is, of course, your destination for Star Wars in gaming, and of course, I want to thank you for visiting our fabulous podcast here in the clouds. I am the administrator of this facility and one of your hosts, Michael Morris, and joining me this week, as always, Nathan P. Butler. Hey, hey, I noticed you just said Nathan P. Butler. You, you almost had that tone of voice go into the Mark thing. I the did. Beyond the films thing. I did. I almost, where, yeah. It sounds like I'm walking into a boxing ring. <laughs> I, I almost did, but you noticed it was like a level or two below Mark, though. <laughs> yeah, it, it, was, it, it fits the depressing mood you were going for. I was for. like, and, um, and Nathan Butler. <laughs> yeah, so I got some good news for my side. Um, not, to, not to do any horn tooting and everything, but... For those of you who have uh, been waiting for the 2017 20th anniversary edition of my Star Wars Timeline Gold, it's finally out. I put it out on October 17th, just a few days ago as we record this. So that's out there at StarWarsFanWorks.com slash timeline. We're talking 3,200 plus pages now across the five documents. So that's out. Um, and I know I've mentioned the Patreon on the show before. Um, that is finally launched too. Patreon.com slash Nathan P. Butler. And uh, the goodies over there, you can kind of see the information on the page if you go check it out. But suffice to say, um, there's some exclusive Patreon commentaries for Clone Wars that will eventually include ones for episodes of Rebels. Um, Got some exclusive Q&A video type stuff going on. And there's uh, information on there for those of you who do want to pick up a copy of uh, A Saga on Home Video and want to have a signed copy. There's information on that page about how to... uh, to go about getting one of those without having to necessarily be a Patreon supporter. It's just a nice, convenient place to put it. And I've told Michael where he can find the book. So when he puts up this episode, that free link he's been talking about should go up. Yes, you will have a link to where you can find it by the book, though I still think his phrase of free link is just going to annoy people. But, you know, whatever. I completely disagree because we have yet another uh, positive iTunes review. So it seems to me like it's working. But it's a free link, not a free book. You know what? Never mind. Never mind. Let's just uh, just keep talking about that news that's going to depress people. Well, 
I guess let me real quick and say, uh, since I brought up the, the iTunes review, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and, and read this one. It is from Jack56893578. That's a lot of numbers, boy. It's like uh, a trash compactor number right there. <laughs> right. Um, good thing they didn't have to give 3PO that uh, trash compactor number to get him to stop it. Uh, but I wonder if this trash compactor has a freaky Dianoga that's apparently using the force or something. Oh, crazy. dude, don't, don't, don't. Come on. I mean, no, it's no from a certain point of view commentary here. <laughs> no, I mean, you could name just about anyone. I mean, you could roll uh, the dice and and come up with a, a any other story, and I'd be like, yeah, whatever. But you picked like one of the three hot buttons for me. Uh, just no, man. Come on, we've already <laughs> got about t- trash compactors. Come on. Yeah, I guess I right, stepped so, into it. So what the review say? So it's uh, titled Let the Wookiee Win, five-star review, and it says, uh, love you guys show, very funny, I get all my Star Wars gaming news in one spot, I only play console games like Battlefront though, but all the other stuff is interesting too, keep up the great work, uh, thank you so much Jack, um, you can you can contact Nate to uh, for him to send you that link where you can buy his book. The link will be on the show notes page on StarWarsReport.com, assuming that Michael does his job. He's he's playing this up a bit. Right, uh, right. Very nice, though. Thank you very much. It's I, I, I would agree. It's funny because I, one of the Star Wars shows that I listened to for years and I haven't had really a chance to listen very often was uh, Star Wars Action News that Arnie and Marjorie put together over there um, for Venganza. And that was kind of the feeling that I had. Like, there were things that I was following, but most of what they talked about, I wasn't actually out there getting or uh, or partaking in. But it was just interesting to kind of see how the market was doing and how that genre was moving of different types of collectibles. So I always found it interesting, even though I wasn't necessarily focused on that thing myself. So it's good to know that we're able to kind of create that same vibe when it comes to gaming and keep the the conversation interesting, even if it's not necessarily what every player is playing. I think that's 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 a great thing. Yes, I agree completely. Because the thing is, like, I like this stuff, but I know it can get very, especially if you go back and listen to some of our older episodes. Um, and and when I say that, I mean really more before you even uh, showed up. That uh, we were just we got a little too in detail and and if you were not i mean even people who played the games um would, would tell me they're like you might want to reel it back just a little bit and i'm like oh i'm sorry and they're like yeah lost in the weeds eh yeah they're just saying they're like you know you're using a lot of uh a lot of lingo that you know even i have to kind of stop and think and go oh yeah okay he's talking about that thing um whereas you know someone who's new will be completely lost i was like okay my bad my bad i'll uh uh, I'll I'll fix that. I'll I'll start kind of working on that, and and I think we've we've certainly gotten, uh, if not there, much much closer. Um, and you know, further, I was gonna say earlier, you were talking about tooting your own horn. Um, it's not at all what I expected when when you uh, stated all that stuff, because when I toot my own horn, uh, Christy always breaks out the Febreze. So. Nice, nice. But that's okay. That's okay. Because <laughs> farting terrible... is now in context with Star Wars again. You thought that farting in Star Wars just went back to Phantom Menace. But no, no. We just had Escape from Vondren, the second Join the Resistance book, where we find out that Kare Kun and Snap Wexley got married secretly at some point prior to that book, which doesn't really make sense in the context of the Poe Dameron comic, whatever. But that apparently the food that, that J Squadron served 
at that wedding when they tried to keep it kind of secret and low key was a bunch of stuff that made everyone fart like mad. And it was a fart fest, a flatulence fest wedding. I kid you not. It is now canon that we had a super fart wedding. So, so oh, no, 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 no. I'm pretty sure they'll refer to that as the brown wedding. Oh, 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 come on. Come, you know that's amazing. That's, oh, that's, uh, that was good, but now I... Now, <laughs> you've got imagery. That imagery, yeah, yeah. Brown Squadron. Yeah. Um, oh. So do you got anything okay. else before we jump into the very, very depressing topic? Say what now? I said, you got anything else before we jump into the very, very depressing topic? Uh, that we... we could get some good uh, new release news real quick. Yeah, okay. Go, go that, right that's, ahead. That's, that's good stuff. Yeah. Um, so prior to um, the last show, you may recall there were some releases, but we said, you know, we'd touch on them a little bit later. Um, but news has just kind of kept creeping up on us to the point where a lot of our focus winds up being what's happening as opposed to those new releases. So just a few quick notes here. We do have Rebellion Rise of the Empire. That expansion has released. If you play Rebellion, the biggest difference that it's bringing is, aside from Rogue One characters and such, it's also bringing a new sort of cinematic style of combat. So in the original game, you have these little uh, tactics cards about the size of upgrade cards from X-Wing. In fact, exactly the same size. And you would use those to play. Now they've sort of enhanced the rules for combat and some of the ways that certain aspects are played. And in doing so, have provided advanced tactics cards, which are full size. And when you play with Rise of the Empire, you replace the old tactics cards with the advanced tactics cards. And it gives you more of a cinematic style of play. So they have sort of retooled Rebellion. It's not just an expansion. It is a retooling. But you do, of course, need the original game to play because it's got all the good stuff in it that you need, like the map and everything. Um, we saw the release on Force Friday of the Destiny 2 player game. So originally, if you wanted to play Star Wars Destiny and you wanted to just kind of have a balanced game, one player versus another player, just to start out, you each needed a starter. Now there is a two player game. It's a white box with a red lettering ray on the front, and it comes with a balanced game, basically, of Kylo Ren and Phasma for one side versus Ray and Poe on the other and what you would need to be able to play the game. Now, granted, you can still buy tons of booster packs, enhance your game, add more dice. You do still have to get uh, the ones with dice twice to be able to have two dice for them and so on. Um, all the stuff we've talked about before. But if you're just looking for a balanced starting point game, so you can just play it and not worry about the expansions or play it and see it if you like it before you buy any expansions, the two-player game is now out there. We also have the release in the Star Wars LCG of the Aggressive Negotiations Force Pack. Um, this cycle is focused on basically trying to get you to play with multiple factions uh, at once because there are abilities that sort of play off one to the other. Um, bear in mind, though, of course, if you want those new uh, cards, the new faction cards or affiliation cards, they're called, um, you do have to get the first pack from the Force Cycle or from this uh, Force Pack cycle, not these like it's not that each one is going to have new affiliation cards it's just the first one in this cycle um and then i guess the other big new i guess there's technically there's two other pieces of news one is a new release and one is kind of a frustrating moment about something that's coming out uh the other new releases imperial assault has had its next wave release so we have heart of the empire which is the new campaign expansion that takes you back to coruscant for various things it's got three new heroes you got one guy that's kind of a human guy that has blades kind of like wolverine in his gear you've got a new wookie hero you've got a new serene hero um 
And that is a game that includes, of course, as usual, um, new minis, but then also some that are deployment cards with tokens that are then able to get minis through expansion packs, the ally and villain packs. Um, new minis include stuff like an ATDP, a nice big walker, uh, to go along with your ATST if you have the original set. Um, you've got uh, riot troopers. You've got uh, those uh, imperial security droids that look like dark troopers. You've got actually a Claudite shapeshifter, which is kind of cool because it introduces new small cards that depend on which form the Claudite is taking, what moves it's able to do, and things like that. Um, and then the ally and villain packs for this wave that were also released include Ahsoka Tano. This is Ahsoka in her Rebels era look. Uh, Maul, also Maul from Rebels, um, and then Palpatine. And uh, Palpatine has sort of the reaching forward thing, firing off the lightning bolts. But of course, the lightning bolts aren't part of the miniature. So my argument would be that he's either throwing lightning bolts or he's pulling a Clinton. You know, I feel your pain and your boobies. <laughs> hey, hey, or hey, he's what do, doing what do a we Harvey Weinstein that? kind of thing, which may be too soon for that joke. Um, but yes, yeah, so we've got quite a few new releases. Um, just recently. And the other thing that I would point out, and this is something that's a great concern to me because I'm dropping $200 on it, uh, is Jedi Challenges. Jedi Challenges releases supposedly on November 3rd. That is the Lenovo thing. That's your little headset that you put your phone into. It does the augmented reality thing where you can do hollow chess or the battle on the floor between the different factions. Um, or you can do the lightsaber duel thing where you have the lightsaber thing that looks like Anakin slash Luke slash Ray's lightsaber and so forth. Uh, looks very intriguing, but uh, ever since the listings have gone up for those, under compatible devices, it has said that uh, compatible device, let's see, Star Wars Jedi Challenges is a smartphone-powered experience compatible with select Android and iOS devices for use with iPhone 8 Plus, iPhone 8, uh, iPhone 7 Plus, iPhone 7, iPhone 6S Plus, iPhone 6S, iPhone 6 Plus, iPhone 6, Samsung Galaxy S8, Samsung Galaxy S7 Edge, Samsung Galaxy S7, Google Pixel S uh, XL. I think with those galaxies, by the way, it's it's um, uh, if you get destroyed in the battle, I think that the phone actually explodes. Um, <laughs> Google Pixel XL, or, or even Pixel, if you don't, <laughs> uh, yeah, Moto Z. But then it says additional devices will be added to the above list soon. Check back here for updates. And they haven't really touched on that much at all as far as giving updates. It says the same thing on the Jedi Challenges page over on Best Buy. If, however, you click through over on Best Buy uh, to actually do the pre-order page, which is what I did, what, like a month or two ago, and you scroll down, rather than saying what device it needs, what it says is compatibility, brand compatibility, universal, compatible devices, iOS 9 and above, Android 4.1 and above smartphones. It gives no listing of actual specific phones. It's all about the operating system. So we still don't know what other devices you're going to be able to use other than ones that are listed. You would expect that list to have been finalized by now, given that it's releasing in a little over a week. But no, it still says we'll be adding more to the list soon. Keep checking back. So those who, like me, maybe playing on, say, an iPhone 5, may or may not be out of luck. Whether we have the newest iOS or not, we probably won't know until we actually, you know, buy it. Um, so still waiting to hear more. I think Lenovo's Facebook page is tired of me pestering them for more information. <laughs> um, because at this point, they're no longer even answering. Yeah, that intern anymore. has had enough. 
yeah, that intern is tired of my crap. Also, it's probably... Uh, so just kind of keep that in mind. It's coming soon. Just, you know, be wary. There's, there is conflicting information here. It's either those specific phones, and they'll add more later to let us know, or it's just based on your iOS version or your Android operating system version. We don't know if it's a hardware thing or a software thing yet, and they have yet to clarify that with us being a week and a half or so out. It is October 22nd as we're recording this. It releases on November 3rd. There's not enough time. Sounds like me turning in uh, assignments for school back in the day when my professor would be like, okay, this is due tomorrow. Like, you know, hope everybody's been working on it because, you know, it's you, you definitely need to put aside the time, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yeah, I'll do it at like 1 a.m. <laughs> oh, I, I know that. I teach online and I deal with even adults doing online course type mm-hmm. things for new teachers. Everybody does stuff at the last minute. Mm-hmm. Um, we shall see. I expect my thank. We are being told to spend our Thanksgiving actually as a break. Do not log in at all. Do not be available to students at all. It is your break. I expect a good break and then a lot of angry people. <sighs> Should be interesting. Um, yeah, so that's that's all mostly good news. Except for the Lenovo thing, I would say that that's all pretty much good news, right? New releases, cool new stuff, new mechanics in some games. That's good. And then the Lenovo thing's still somewhat good. It's you know it's, it's coming, coming out within than a lot of people yeah. expected, <laughs> right? And it's gonna be cool if it works. Yeah. All right. So, bad news. Uh, 1313 is canceled again. Uh, I'm pretty sure you got that news wrong, but, <laughs> I but mean, you're it's, pretty close. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's, it's not wrong per se, but... So, essentially, uh, Visceral Games has completely shut down. Um, they tried uh, restarting, but it didn't work out. Basically, EA has dissolved that branch and is claiming that they're going to try and move everyone around as much as possible. Uh, Amy Henning is in question as to whether or not she will be working on um, the untitled game that that they were supposed to be putting out that essentially was 1313 or or what... uh, 1313 was was going to be, for the most part, it was going to be several things at several different times, but in its core, it was, Nate? What, what, what was it at its core? What was it as its core? Yeah. I'm sorry, I was completely, I was completely looking at links that you threw into this, the chat and I was confused. Oh, I'm sorry. What was the game at its core? Yeah. The game at its core was meant to basically be the story. Uh, it's sort of a Fringer type of character. We heard things going back and forth between Bounty Hunter, Fringer, Smuggler. No, too but much. But it was going I was, to be... I was, I was wanting the Uncharted in space. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Uncharted in space! That's that, the one. better? Yes. Wow, you, you, you... You know, when you set up something, you know, when, like, you toss the... The, the baseball to the player so they can smack it during practice. You don't, like, throw it to first base and expect them to hit it, bro. I don't know what you're talking about, dude. I set that thing up on the tee for you. Oh, well, now now I'm a tee-ball player. That's all right. <laughs> Fifteen years in podcasting, now I'm a freaking tee-ball player. Hey. Um, so, so, so I guess, can we hit the uh, – I've got the press release here of what they said officially. Would, should, should we use that to sort of maybe build our discussion here? Yeah, I mean, yeah, go, go for sure. it. Sure. So this is from the EA website. 
And it was called An Update on the Visceral Star Wars Project, a change to one of our upcoming titles. And this was, of course, because other news outlets had already found out about Visceral closing and some of the information about what was going on and were reporting it, and EA hadn't really said much about it. So what they say is, our industry is evolving faster and more dramatically than ever before. The games we want to play and spend time with, the experiences we want to have in those games, and the way we play, all those things are continually changing. So is the way games are made. In this fast-moving space, we are always focused on creating experiences that our players want to play. And today, that except for Battlefront 1, um, <laughs> and today, that means we're making a significant change with one of our upcoming titles. Our Visceral Studio has been developing an action-adventure title set in the Star Wars universe. In its current form, it was shaping up to be a story-based, linear adventure game. Throughout the development process, we have been testing the game concept with players, listening to the feedback about what and how they want to play, and closely tracking fundamental shifts in the marketplace. It has become clear that to deliver an experience that players will want to come back to and enjoy for a long time to come, we needed to pivot the design. All these buzzwords, pivot yeah. in this space, shifts in the marketplace. Mm -hmm. uh, we will maintain the stunning visuals, authenticity in the Star Wars universe, and focus on bringing a Star Wars story to life. Importantly, we're shifting the game to be a broader experience that allows for more variety and player agency, buzzword, leaning <laughs> into the capabilities of our Frostbite engine and reimagining central elements of the game to give players a Star Wars adventure of greater depth and breadth to explore. This move leads to a few other changes. A development team from across EA Worldwide Studios will take over development of this game, led by a team from EA Vancouver that has already been working on the project. Our Visceral Studio will be ramping down and closing and we're in the midst of shifting as many of the team as possible to other projects and teams at EA. Lastly, while we had originally expected this game to launch late in our fiscal year 2019, basically in 2018, we're now looking at a new time frame that we will announce in the future. Bringing new Star Wars games to life for every passionate fan out there is what drives us as creators. It's what has inspired us to deliver the massive new Star Wars Battlefront 2 experience launching in just a few weeks. It fuels our live service in Star Wars Galaxy of Heroes. Making games in the extraordinary Star Wars universe is truly a dream for so many of us at EA, and we have so many more experiences to come for players on every platform. We want to take the time to get each game right, to make it unique, to make it amazing. We look forward to answering more of your questions and sharing more on our plans and timeline for this new Star Wars experience in the months to come. Yeah, which means we're boned. <laughs> you know, a, a lot of um, the issues and stuff is about what's not being said or what's being hinted at or whatever. Um, and qu quite frankly, what this all boils down to is something that we talked about before. And this is something that I didn't. I didn't see at the time as being an issue. I, I, I just. I thought they meant specifically more for the multiplayer games, not you know that I assume they would still continue to make the uh, single player, uh, story based games. But uh, what I'm talking about is games as a service, and that is one thing that I've been seeing uh, stated, is that. You know, people saying, "Okay, this this is a direct result of the, uh, you know, talking about the buzzwords, the games as a service that EA has talked about moving into, and that's basically they don't want to put out a game that is basically just a single player story. Um, you know, where where that's the the drive of it. Think like, um, you know, the Batman Arkham series. You know, something like that, where there's you know, it's a single player." 
um, story-based game, and essentially you're going to play through the game, beat the game, and you might come back to it later, but you know that that's pretty much it. Then you pretty much just look for the sequel to come out. And uh, where that's certainly great, and that's what... Um, you know that's what we we I think we want as a core most most gamers at least. Um, I think that uh, they're now realizing that okay, that's not where our our biggest uh, set of money is coming from. You know, like basically we want to create these other games um, that they where we can offer um, loot crates or. Um, you know, uh, DLC or, or whatnot in, in order to extend the life of the game. And, and from one side, I really do understand it. Um, I, I think a lot of people are upset, understandably so. Um, but I think a lot of people aren't considering the fact that games now, you know, the, the budget of making these AAA titles is the same as, as like making a film uh, or somewhere in that ballpark basically it's it's extremely expensive it takes years to do and you know so they're they're looking at from a uh, a company standpoint because they are a company of okay how do we um you know how do we make sure that we're we're you know making the amount of money for that game you know because we uh, you know certainly don't want to be losing money and that that happens too uh there's games that a lot of time and money spent and they actually lose money on it. So from that aspect, I get it, but it's hard to overlook the fact that this may um, signal the beginning of the end of the single uh, player story-based games, at least as far as AAA titles go. Yeah. The marketplace is definitely changing, right? Um, the idea of a single-player game that is a self-contained experience is is pretty tricky at this point to justify financially for a lot of these companies. Um, in fact, I would argue that outside of first-party experiences that Sony does, um, things like Naughty Dog, for instance, that's a Sony company, um, you don't really see it happening much, especially if you go to something like um, Xbox One, and you're looking at at what's sort of being pushed on that platform that's not multi-platform stuff, you don't see a lot of single-player story-driven stuff. Um, the games are having to be monetized in different ways now. And one wonders if the days of a $60 game that you just buy once are over, um, because even single-player experiences are starting to change in a lot of ways. So, for instance, Uncharted, the newest Uncharted games, both of them, Uncharted 4, Thief's End, and uh, Lost Legacy, both have multiplayer built into it. Now, so did previous ones, but multiplayer is really the only place where they're going to wind up getting later purchases or later money spent on the game. Um, you have the issue of, okay, well, if we're going to take a single-player game and we're going to add DLC to it, what can we add? Because you're in that weird position where if you add something that is fundamentally important to the game then you're going to be griped at for leaving that content out of the game in the first place. Um, I think it was Hashira's Wrath, I think it was, that had something like that happen recently. Um, but then I think back even as far as some of the Assassin's Creed games, where there are fundamental levels and memories, as they call them, in the sequence of the game that were simply left blank and inaccessible unless you bought DLC. Um, and they filled in gaps in the story. So... Um, how do you do that? Or do you do something like The Force Unleashed where your DLC is like an alternate reality kind of thing that's cool to play but not necessary to the story? And is that enough to draw people in to do it? Um, 
I think of something like what they're doing now as far as monetizing with Shadow of War. Middle Earth Shadow of War is pretty controversial right now because you have a relatively long um, single-player campaign with that game. And it is a single-player game, although there are uh, elements of being able to connect with other players from time to time. But the bulk of it is a single-player game. But in order to monetize it, Basically, the main story is the first three acts, and then the fourth act is nothing but a grind fest, basically, <laughs> and repeatedly doing the same activity over and over and over and over again. And it's only after defeating that that you actually get to see really the last cutscene of the game. And it's designed in such a way that it appears, to most analysts, um, it appears it's designed to push you into microtransactions because the game has microtransactions from the get-go. Um, to get different things, not necessarily required for gameplay, but it's all things like different levels of, of orcs that you can add to your army, for instance. In order to succeed in the fourth act, you really need a bunch of legendaries or a bunch of whatever. Um, and the easiest way to be guaranteed to get those is spend some real money on gold and then spend that gold on chests in the microtransactions. Every time you go to a pause menu... You are given basically advertisements for the various microtransactions. Um, and it's very microtransaction heavy in terms of the way they're trying to monetize it on top of a season pass and at least four DLCs coming. All of which will cost either separately or you'll get them as part of the season pass. And it's sort of this idea of how do you do a single player game and yet still monetize it to make back enough money to keep it going? And you've only got a couple of options. You monetize it after the fact, or you raise the base price of the game. And right now, that seems to be something the industry is not really looking ahead and trying to do, because $60, in some cases, is still a frustrating price point compared to the days of $50 games um, for many gamers. But I would say that I'm not sure that, that the idea of game as a service necessarily takes out the idea of story. I think of something like a Destiny 2, where you've got a bulk of a story. It's a multiplayer game, but a story that can be played in many ways, mostly single player, but then you interact with other players, and the game is much bigger than that, but the story is still there, and they're putting out DLC and stuff. But in essence, it's sort of like a service, or something like a Knights of the Old Republic, where it's, or not Knights of the Old Republic, uh, The Old Republic, the MMO that is still putting out expansions and new material now, years later. It's the only thing from the Legends continuity that's really still going at all. Um, and it's a service that is story-based, but it's more RPG. And while you can play it focusing in on the single-player aspect of it, the story aspect of it for you, again, you're engaging with other players, and at times that'll make the game easier. Um, but that's type of a service that's still going. Uh, or you think of something like um, Telltale Games. Maybe what we need to see, if a game is going to be a service or they're going to try to tell us we're going to sell you a story but sell it to you in bits and pieces so that it can be a longer running thing and we can make our money back, maybe what we're looking at is something like a Telltale Games or a Life is Strange kind of model in that it's an episodic game experience and you're picking up, say, maybe the first one free and then later there's more that you pay for or you're paying only a little bit for the first episode and then if you want to continue, you pay a little bit each time for them. But it makes me wonder if that's a good enough financial model for something that's a big game because if not enough people like it enough months later to jump in on, say, part three of six or whatever, you're losing money on the production of that part three, um, which kind of begs that question of whether or not that is a good idea for it. Um, but that at least is something where you're not paying 
up front $60 or whatever and then still spending money to add uh, DLC after the fact. But you could theoretically serialize a story. But I'm not sure that the idea of a single-player game that doesn't at least have some either multiplayer element to try to draw people back or uh, microtransaction or expanded DLC aspect to it is really going to be able to be, you know, the norm anymore. It's, I mean, it's not really the norm at all anymore, but even be sort of its own thing anymore. I mean, hell, even Zelda Breath of the Wild has friggin' DLC this time. And you right. gotta buy both to get them. Um, so, seriously, um, I don't know that that is possible. But I fear for serialized storytelling a little because I think about... Uh, one of the PlayStation VR experiences I had fun with early on was a loading human chapter one. It didn't do well enough. I don't think we're ever going to get a chapter two. So that story has just kind of ended. <laughs> um, that's, yeah, so that, that's very frustrating. There, there's worries about that. But well, I don't know. How, how do you see that? Okay, so, so they say they're still going to try to tell a Star Wars story. But right, they want to make and, it something you keep coming back to and it's more broad and, and more appealing and all. So what do you see this game coming i mean and, and there's even a line drawn here of is it being shut down or is it being retooled is there even a difference between the two but what do you see this game being if they're still trying to tell a story and yet hit all these other check boxes well basically the rumor is that instead of uncharted in space that it's now going to be turned into destiny in space uh Point of order, Destiny is already in space. Well, guess what? It's even more in space now because that's what they're doing. <laughs> or in a galaxy far, far away. You know, the the main thing with it is that um, we're going from a, a company like Visceral to the other company, and, and you'll have to forgive me, I don't remember the, the company who's taking it over, but I know that they're based out of Canada, and they're, uh, what they've created is the FIFA games. Which is, to me, that's very depressing. Considering that's all the EA Vancouver is known for. Um, there, there's a couple, but that's the the big one that I'm aware of. Are are you, are you aware of something else or something I'm not thinking about? Yeah, I mean they're they're very much known for their sports games. I don't think it's just um, FIFA. I think like they they take part in like the NHL stuff and whatnot, and some of the NBA lives for a while. But yeah, I mean when you're Big claim to fame in sports games and Def Jam Vendetta. Um, I'm not entirely sure that we should be, you know, feeling uplifted by the fact that you're the people who are going to be behind this new game. That said, though, um, that is one of the things that is interesting is that FIFA is one of those games where, you know, they've been having trouble figuring out ways to monetize it well because... You know, you can't exactly make it where we put out the game and then some of the teams are locked behind DLC because that would anger people right up front because you expect it to be all the teams available and so forth. But they found small ways to be able to monetize games like that, um, which perhaps is where they're going. But yeah, I don't see anything in their, in their repertoire that really, you know, screams one player I mean, need for speed high stakes at one point marvel nemesis rise of the imperfects which is probably best left forgotten well and um, i mean jesus that was so long ago but the reason i brought up fifa is i don't know if you remember this or heard about this but did you hear about the controversy with fifa uh 13 
I have not because I look, I'm only just now, thanks to my wife, learning how hockey works. If I have to learn how soccer works too, my head's gonna explode. Well, you don't you don't need too much for this. All you need to know is that FIFA thirteen was FIFA twelve. <laughs> and people but that's most out. sports games though. I mean, yeah, no, um I'll 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 send you a, a an article so that you can see it. It's like literally there's a screenshot from both games that it's like you're like no that's the same game no it's not it's which it's the- and and I'll say I'll say this so that is a concern for sports games and I would say that there's one way in which that could be a concern relative to a Star Wars story based game right and that is I think of Destiny Destiny I had a lot I mean I played the hell out of Destiny um the original Destiny but we got to a point after multiple expansions where I think we were kind of waiting for something new, so I had stopped playing by Rise of Iron, which was the last big expansion, I believe. Um, And then, of course, to progress the story, they moved on to Destiny 2. And there's sort of that element of, well, if you're talking about this as a games-as-a-service thing, that the game will continually give you more story content, um, is it going to be more like The Old Republic, or is it more like Destiny? The Old Republic is still the original game with a lot of retooling that has been done, with these expansions built on top of that original game. There hasn't been like a The Old Republic 2 that then we have to buy separately to build on further. But you look at something like a Destiny, Destiny only went so far in terms of expanding its story and its universe before even after all those DLCs, you had to stop and buy Destiny 2 to now pick up and build. Um, It winds up being something that is sort of a service model with an initial purchase every year, two years, five years, whatever it might be. Um, I don't see them doing like, like, hey, everybody, it's Star Wars EA 2017, Star Wars EA 2018. And all that they do is like change the character model so they look like the newest Star Wars film or something like that. I don't (laughs) think they'd be that blatant. Um, well, but, like I said, take a look at the <laughs> take a look at that article that I sent you again, about the, the, those are sports. Games. I think sports games are a separate thing where, you know, the gameplay doesn't change very much usually year to year, iteration to iteration. It's it's something where people expect a new version to have the most most recent rosters of teams and so on and, and only expect big technological or gameplay change advancements every few years. Um, All I'm but saying when it comes to that, a story based game, that is a different beast. But there is there is a little bit of a concern about how much do you change and iterate between like when um, I mean, for a while there, I, I guess it's still happening. I, I honestly don't follow it, but uh, call of duty had two main teams and was alternating to be able to put out a new call of duty game every single year. Right. Right. Um, Treyarch and uh, infinity ward. Right. Yeah. But, but what I'm saying though, is just knowing that that's the team that was behind that leaves me a bit, uh, flustered because that's I mean yeah you say sports games but that's not I mean yes sports games are very similar but to that point of where they basically just update the roster of the old game and then just pump it back out with a new number on the title that's like that's frustrating you know what I'm saying and um, look 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 you know it's not like they're going to do something where they put out like a half-finished short version of a game that's based on the same character and uses many of the same graphics. I mean, it's not like this is The Force Unleashed 2. Oh, oh, wait. Oh, that's I don't think that's fair. <laughs> that's not no, fair see, at and, all. And that's not entirely fair either because yeah. that did sort of expand it. But I, I get what you're saying, but I wonder... I mean, I don't know. I don't see that as being some... I, I'm, I'm thinking more in terms of when... They, given EA's whole push towards games as a service, right. it's that ongoing 
support, but how they monetize it. I think that you would have a lot of Star Wars fans who are willing to say, hey, I'm going to jump into this and actually spend some money on it, your microtransactions, your expansions and stuff, if there's like a free or lower cost based game, because that is the model used for mobile games. Um, but I don't know that, that you would be able to get a company like EA to think that for a AAA game, they can provide a free or lower cost based game and then bet on the DLC or the microtransactions to pay for the rest of it to make up for the the income that they just lost by putting it out at a lower cost. It seems as though the idea is there's no there's not going to be such a thing for big games anymore as just buying the game. It will now be buying the game and then spending more money on top of that for other things. And it's just a question of how much will of that will be a la carte, how much will be required bundles like what happened with Zelda initially. Um, but either way, $60 games will no longer be $60 games. Um, but as long as there's enough to be worth the money, maybe that's not necessarily a bad thing. Um, I wonder how this is going to impact companies like GameStop. Uh, you know, where you take in your $60 game the day after you bought it, and then they'll, you know, they'll give you like $10 for it and then sell it for $40. Um, but I think about the idea of like a secondhand gaming market, and we're already getting away from physical games to digital in a lot of ways. Some games are just released digitally, especially VR games. But I'm thinking in terms of if they're trying to entice you to hang on to that game for more content over the span of a year or more, what does that do to the used games market? That has been putting pressure on games prices. If you can depress the used game market to the point where it's not a major player anymore in many respects, price-wise, maybe what we'll be seeing is, hey, you're going to even pay more for the initial purchase of the game before you buy any DLC or microtransactions. The economics teacher in me is seeing all the supply and demand graphs in my head and wants to puke. <laughs> no, I, I hear you, but um, I mean, we'll, we can definitely you know, continue to look into this as, as time goes on, but let's go ahead and move to our next thing. Unless you have anything else to say on this, uh, this situation. I think w uh, one thing I do want to say real quick though, is that, um, from what we're hearing, it certainly seems like Annie hit, um, yeah, uh, Henning will not be a part of this anymore. Um, I mean, they haven't officially stated that, but from, like I said, from, from what I'm seeing, don't expect that to be a thing. Uh, further, it doesn't seem like this is going to be uncharted in space anymore as far as, you know, that style of game. Um, you know, it's, I, I think that, like we said, it's going to be a little closer to like a destiny type game, which is, that's, that's the disappointing thing for me. Um, but I don't know. I mean, we'll see you have any, uh, closing statements on this topic. Um, I would just say I am less doom and gloom on this one. Mm -hmm. Because I feel as though I, it seems to me that their emphasis still on saying story, at least now, suggests to me a retooling of the approach that may give us something closer to Shadow of War than something or, or a Destiny 2 more so than, say, a Destiny 1 or um, a lot of the other games out there that are, that are not having the content really delivered as much. My concern is not super high until we see more about where this game is going. My disappointment is the timing aspect that we may be getting a Star Wars game with story, but it may be coming later. Um, 
but I, I'm at least mollified a little bit by the fact that Battlefront 2 seems to have a strong story going into it. So I'm kind of willing to wait and see before I go doom and gloom because, I don't know, after Battlefront 1, I was kind of doom and gloom about Battlefront 2, and Battlefront 2 looks like it's going to take things uh, in a very positive direction for that series. So I don't want to, you know, I don't want to say that, you know, screw them, man. I don't want to be like be like the people sitting back there saying, I just saw the first teaser for The Force Awakens. This ain't my Star Wars. I boycott <laughs> kind of stuff. Right. Um, Right. I'd rather remain intellectually honest enough to say I don't know enough no, I, I to hear be you. excited or concerned right now. I want to see more before I make a judgment. And, and I think you're the same way, too, which is that's that doesn't make for as interesting conversation on the podcast either. Well, I mean, I'm not saying that that a, um, a good you know, that we may not be seeing a good game. I'm just a little bit upset that I, f- you know, like I said, from from what we're seeing, it sounds like they're going a totally different route. Like it's it seems like this everything that's been done so far is is pretty much scrapped, and you know what we're gonna get is a totally different game. And yeah, when they talk about the assets are still being used, and that's their way of putting it, yeah, that basically means character models, sounds. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean same story or anything yeah right so that that's that's a bit disappointing to me um just because like i said it's there's been so many of us who thought oh uncharted in space that's an amazing idea i want that so bad and it keeps seeming like we're gonna get it and it keeps getting pulled away from us so that that's my only thing with it like i said uh, earlier you know i understand a lot of these things especially from like the you know, the standpoint of um, games as a service of them trying, you know, them saying, hey, we've got a lot of money here. We can't be pumping out stuff that's, you know, oh, you enjoyed the game, but uh, not enough people are buying them to actually uh, justify the very expensive cost of creating said games. So that's just kind of where I am. You know, I'm like, I get it, but that doesn't mean I'm happy about it. I hear you. I hear you. Um, so I guess that brings us into Battlefront 2, and uh, before we go too much into it, I guess for those who haven't made the upgrade, there's something to be happy about. Um, if you're thinking about making that upgrade from a PS4 to a PS4 Pro, um, which gives you uh, 4K, gives you HDR, unless you're passing it through the PlayStation VR control box, unless you upgrade to the new PlayStation VR updated version that's coming out soon, <laughs> um, uh, but that doesn't play 4K ultra hds for some freaking reason uh blu-ray discs and whatnot um we do have a new star wars model playstation 4 pro coming there's two star wars playstation 4 bundles that are coming um the one for the regular ps4 though is just basically a regular ps4 and battlefront but for those of you who want to spend 450 bucks to upgrade to a playstation 4 pro Uh, There is a new Star Wars Battlefront 2 limited edition PS4 Pro that's coming. Um, It is a PS4 Pro with Star Wars, if you're laying it flat, Star Wars is on the bottom part underneath where the light is that lets you know the status of the console. Sort of right there around Uh, the disk drive, basically. Basically. Uh, And then uh, you've got on the, what is, if you're standing it up, it's the right hand side. If you lay it down, it's the top. You have an Imperial symbol and a Rebel symbol in opposite corners and the the, uh, Inferno Squad symbol in red in between. And you've got a special new controller that looks just like a regular DualShock 4 controller, the updated version with the the light that's actually built into the top of the touchpad. 
Um, but it's got an imperial symbol on the uh, left hand grip and a rebel symbol on the right hand grip. It's sort of a whitish gray. So, and it does come with the elite trooper deluxe edition of Battlefront 2 rather than the regular version uh, with a one terabyte hard drive. I, I'm not going to get it, but it's tempting enough. But there's a part of me that sits back and says, you know what? If every time they put out a new Battlefront game, we're going to get another PS4 model. That's cool and all for new players, but I cannot put myself in the habit of upgrading or switching my system every time <laughs> to get the new version. Although I will say that for um, uh, PS4 Pro or P- for PS4 to PS4 Pro, it is a lot easier to transfer from one system to a new one than it is for Xbox. Uh, I, I just upgraded my Xbox One to an Xbox One S. That was a complete pain in the butt to do the data transfer. I had to format an external hard drive in a certain way that would make it unusable to any other type of platform. Used it to do the transfer, had to then reformat it back. It was a nightmare to transfer (laughs) stuff from Xbox One to Xbox One S. For PS4 to PS4 Pro or one model of PS4 to another, plug in your Ethernet cord between them, hit a button, you're done in about an hour and don't have to mess with it. It will transfer everything over, no problem, super easy. I can't imagine why it's not easier to do that with an Xbox One at this point. So if you were to upgrade, it is not a headache kind of process. It's just that it's, you know, it's it's spending 450 bucks on a new console um, with the game as an included package. And looking at the images, it looks like that Elite Trooper Deluxe Edition is a physical copy of it because they're showing us the game case. I know when that Battlefront one came out, and I think it was uh, – uh, I think Mark picked up one of those, um, or maybe you had picked up one of those, that there was the, the issue of where Battlefront 1, even though it was included on the special edition of the console, it was digital only or something. Okay, so here's what happens. I actually bought the Battlefront there – were, there were two bundles just like there is now. Uh, Mark and I both bought uh, the different bundle. So I got the one that actually came with the Star Wars-themed PlayStation 4. He bought the one that just came with the regular PlayStation 4. Um, Mine did come with a physical copy of the game. His did not. But it it was stated. Um, It's just that it didn't come with it. Ah, gotcha. Mm Mm-hmm. So with with that being said, since I... Now, sorry, if I can... can, No, no, I just just, just pulled up the other one. Uh Uh-huh. The other one is a one terabyte regular PlayStation 4, not a Pro. It comes with the regular game, and in the image, it's showing us a regular controller, a regular PS4, the box of the whole package, and then a game case, physical copy of Battlefront 2, at least in the image that I'm seeing. But there are no images of the actual product. It's one of those ones that's just made with the white background just to show off what you're buying. So I see nothing to say for sure that it's actually a physical copy. Well, if you scroll down to about the product, it says uh, include Star Wars Battlefront 2 on Blu-ray disc. Oh, well, there you go then. (laughs) I should read more. Reading, it's fundamental or something. I don't know. It's that's coming from the wrong person, realistically. But um, so because I did buy the uh, you know that exclusive one with Darth Vader on it and everything uh, for the last go round, I'm curious, what do you think um, that I had planned for this go round? You know, given that it's a pro, um, maybe you'd be doing the uh, 
the bundle this time. I know you'd been looking for a new TV for a while. So it kind of makes me wonder if you've managed to, to decide to go for like a 4K bigger TV that maybe the Pro would be enticing enough. Or if you were planning on getting a PlayStation VR, maybe the Pro is enticing enough. I don't know that without something else that it would be enticing enough for you just to make the Pro jump. But so I'm saying so I'm going to say that if there were other purchases involved, I would say that you're probably planning on the upgrade, but if there weren't other purchases involved, no. So you are basically right. Uh, I mean, I am still kind of planning on doing that stuff. I've just not put in any of the effort because I, I would kind of look and say, I'm like, oh, why is trying to find this TV hard? <laughs> um, and it's and I've just not, I'm like, all right, I spent five minutes on this. I'm done. And, and what so, is making it hard to find a television for you? Because I want it to be 3D. Oh, well, yeah, you're not going to find that. You're going to need to look for used or... Well, I mean, they're still making them until the now. end of this year, but... Anyhow, that's a totally different uh, discussion. But anyhow, yeah, I have no real interest in this. I, I want to have interest in this. Um, they could have gotten my money. But truthfully, what it comes down to is currently, because I have not checked into enough about the whole um, you know, 4K, blah, 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 as far as what. I mean, I, I do actually have at least one uh, 4K film that I, I could play on it. Um, I, I, like I said, am uh, looking wait, to... Wait, you said mm -hmm. a 4K film, you could play on it. What, how do you have that 4K film? Is it digital? It was a uh, a bundle. So it was basically... It, okay, what it was, it was the uh, Kong Skull Island, and it was the uh, 4K... Is it, it a 4K disc? It comes with a 4K disc, yes. Okay, if it's a 4K disc, you won't be able to play that on a PlayStation 4 Pro anyway because it doesn't play Ultra HD discs. It only plays 4K digital content, which is insane. Yeah, that's that's frustrating. If you want to play a 4K thing on a game console, you're going to need an Xbox One S or X. Yeah, so so there there you go. Once again, that's just silly. But um, past that, I do not like the design. I this design to really? me it, it looks really bad in my opinion. Um, it looks like a skin. It looks like somebody produced a skin and you put the skin on it rather than being necessarily a I wouldn't even say that. It looks to me really? like someone had uh like decals basically that they bought and they're like, "Yeah, I love Star Wars. I'm going to slap the uh Imperial cog over here and I'm going <laughs> to you know, I mean it's it's literally you know just three different symbols and that is it. It's no You know what you just reminded me of? Hmm. I was a big subscriber to Nintendo Power back in the day. And I think it was Nintendo Power that gave us stickers that you could put on your controllers. So for years, my original NES controllers, my Super Nintendo yeah. controllers, and my Game Boy were god-awful garish looking because of <laughs> stickers from Nintendo Power. Right. So I, I, I can see that. I can see how it looks kind of like decals, especially since none of the colors have changed or anything, really. Yeah, I mean, it's to me, this looks like, you know, maximum minimal effort possible. You know what I mean? It's like any, to me, any less well-designed, they would have had to do it in paint. Um, <laughs> now, I, I will say, though, that if they're looking for a good example of what they should do, mm -hmm. in my opinion... Um, is look back to actually one that I did buy, which is the uh, Xbox 360 limited edition from Star Wars Connect or Connect Star Wars. Oh yeah, that's I it. mean absolutely. Granted, Connect Star Wars was a yeah kind of game. No, but, but that system the was amazing. Color scheme was different. The sound effects on the system were different. Mm -hmm. The controller had a special design. Um, 
that was a heck of an exclusive console. Yep. And 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 I think that the last one was not quite as good as that, because um, that was I, I saw a lot of people that were complaining and and been like oh and, and, and granted most of it were um, because we have them I'll, I'll use the terminology uh, Xbox fanboys or Microsoft fanboys um, I, I for the life of me do not understand taking the side of a uh, multi million or billion dollar company and you know, acting like you have some sort of actual stake in it. But that's beside the point. Anyhow, a lot of those people were like, oh, this exclusive, and it was the, the Vader uh, PS4. They're like, that's so lame. Like, the, the R2 one was so much better. And where I agree, the R2 one was a better design, I still think the Vader one was really nice. This one is just lazy, in my opinion. It's I, I don't like it. I think that it looks... Um, I think it looks tacky. And truthfully, here's the thing. What I, I would actually be more interested in it, um, to the point of me going, ooh, I don't need this, but I want it. If what they put out, and, I'm, and don't, I don't want to hear, oh, well, you could cover it up. No, no. If, if it's an exclusive, they need to make it look the way that I want it, not you know me do that. But anyhow, take out the Imperial Cog, and take out the uh, like the Rebel Firebird, just that uh, Inferno Squad emblem on there, and then on the uh, bottom remote, take off both those, and just where you have the uh, the Rebel insignia, just put that uh, that same one on there. And I I think that would be awesome. It's simple, but it would look much nicer than this crap. And it's funny to me because you can get you know Star Wars exclusive versions of controllers. I know at least for the Xbox consoles, I've seen those. I'm assuming they're out there also for PlayStation, but I just haven't ever bothered to look for them. Um, And those are much more elaborate than what you're seeing with this one. Yeah. I mean, um, that's in terms of the way that it looks, this is, I mean, this is an embarrassment. You know what I mean? Like, what are they thinking? But it's, and it's, but I know it can take exactly what they're thinking. They're wanting to get more people to upgrade from PS4 to PS4 Pro. Then, and put by some doing something that is bundled with a major game plus a little bit different of a console to be able to say, hey, I jumped in at this point. This was a Star Wars console. It'll get people to do it the same way that it, you know, the limited edition Xbox 360 from Connect Star Wars got me to get an Xbox 360. I don't know that. But, it's not for us, I don't think. It's not for those who are already, you know, either already own one or are in a position where it, the, they, we don't see an upgrade as as necessary. It's for those who are already kind of on the fence going like, yeah, probably, maybe I'm like 80 percent. And it's like, and it's Star Wars. Oh, my God, I'm 100 percent, you know. Um, but I mean, would it's you, that would little that, margin within fandom that they're going for. But would that get you though? I mean, would you say um, if, if you were like, you know, I've been thinking about getting the uh, the pro, would this cause you to get it? Would that put you over the line? If I would, if I was on the edge and I was thinking that sometime within, say, the next year to year and a half, I was going to wind up getting a pro, uh-huh. and I was already going to be buying Battlefront two, I probably would. Because uh-huh. it would be a Star Wars console to go along with the other Star Wars console that I have. Now, that said, would that have put me over the top, I think, for the previous one? Not necessarily, because the previous one would have been going from a PlayStation 4 to a PlayStation 4. But with the Pro aspect, if I hadn't already upgraded to a Pro, that would probably be, I would probably be sucked into it just enough to get it. 
if I was already thinking a pro was in my near future. Uh, kind of the same thing like if they did it – like right now, um, I would be the opposite. I'm not really thinking about an Xbox One X because I just got the S to be able to play the Ultra HD Blu-rays. But if there was a Star Wars Xbox One X mm-hmm. – it might tilt me in that direction, say, within the next six months to a year, because to me it's a question of you know having a Star Wars item there, which is kind of cool, but also um, any new features. And that would be an upgrade from one model to a, a different model that has different technical ability. You know, as a, like if it was just an Xbox One S, I'd be like, screw it, I've already got an S. Right. You know, that it's it's not just it's a Star Wars thing. It's that it's an upgrade beyond, which I guess was kind of like Connect Star Wars for me. I had an original Xbox. I had a PS3. I was thinking about possibly dipping into Xbox 360 at some point, and that put me over the edge. But it was because I was already kind of leaning that direction, though certainly I wouldn't say I was at like 80 percent in that case. But it was just enough to kind of. Yeah, kind of I push just, it. And it helped in that case that Connect Star Wars was an exclusive for that console. Mm-hmm. There's nothing exclusive about Battlefront 2 that should draw people to Sony rather than Microsoft. Yeah, I I just for me, like I said, it's it's just it's not enough that it's Star Wars for me. It needs to be Star Wars and enjoyable. <laughs> or you know, oh, like Oh, come on. Like, now if you're going to say that, there's a bunch of of Marvel comics out there that just lost your purchase. Well, once again, it's you can you can air all these grievances on uh on uh Beyond, Beyond the, films. the Films. Yeah. I'm sorry, wait, wait. I'm just checking Twitter here. Uh Chuck Wendig has chimed in. Uh, he says that you don't like the new PS4 Pro Star Wars edition because <laughs> So anyhow, um, what I see, see now I'm getting into beyond the films territory here and the politics behind books and stuff. So perhaps I should bring up the 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 news that we have um, before we look at the really cool story trailer stuff. Maybe if if that's what you'd like to do. <laughs> okay, just 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 a focus on my brain doing something other than context. Um, so. We got a couple of post-beta things about Battlefront 2, which was interesting. This is after they extended the beta um, for a little bit longer, which was kind of cool. But uh, they had a couple of news bites go up on EA. We have one, thank you for playing the beta. You're making Star Wars Battlefront 2 better. And this was sort of a thanks for the beta, but also trying to address a lot of concerns from very vocal critics of the uh, loot box system, the crate system. Right. It says, as game makers, watching millions of passionate players get their hands on our game has been incredibly exciting and in many ways inspiring. Believe us when we say that your participation is making the game better, and we're humbled that so many of you took the time not only to try the Star Wars Battlefront 2 beta, but to share your thoughts with us too. The beta was just a small piece of what we're making. Yes, there's more content, new locations, heroes, modes, and the all-new single-player campaign, but we heard your feedback loud and clear after the first game, which is true. There is more player choice in multiplayer through a deeper progression system and an evolving event-driven live service that keeps the community together by moving away from Season Pass and having all new gameplay content free for all Star Wars Battlefront 2 players. Rest assured, we're continuing to listen to you coming out of the beta. We're taking a look at some of the most discussed topics from crates and progression to strike mode, which we're considering changing to a best of three. The specialist infiltration ability, which might be a little too overpowered, and more. Oh, and the First Order Flame Trooper needs some work. We agree he could use a little more firepower. We're also looking into more ways to allow players to stay and play together as a team. For launch, we'll have a new feature for you that rewards all players in a spawn wave. There are just there are few, 
excuse me, these are just a few examples of how your feedback is helping to shape the game. We know you have a lot of questions about crates and progression, so we want to clarify a few things as the complete system was not in the beta and will continue to be tuned over time. Bullet one, there are many things you can earn in the game, including weapons, attachments, credits, star cards, emotes, outfits, and victory poses. Bullet two, as a balanced goal, we're working towards having the most powerful items in the game only earnable via in-game achievements. Three, crates will include a mix of star cards, outfits, emotes, or victory poses. Four, players earn crates by completing challenges and other gameplay milestones or by purchasing them with in-game credits or crystals, our premium currency. That's the kind you'd pay real money for. Five, if you get a duplicate star card in a crate, you will get crafting parts which you can then use to help upgrade the star card of your choice. Six, and lastly, you have to earn the right to be able to upgrade star cards and unlock most weapons. You can only upgrade or unlock them if you have reached a high enough rank, which is determined by playing the game. We've also heard some players are looking for a way to play where all players will have the same set of star cards with flattened values. Like everything else, we'll be continually making necessary changes to ensure the game is fun for everyone. We will work to make sure the system is balanced for both players who want to earn everything, as well as for players who are short on time and would like to move faster in their progress towards various rewards. And you, our community, will play a big role in the evolution of the game. Whether it's comments on our forums or posts over social media, we're listening. Your feedback makes a difference, and your passion is what keeps us creating. Again, we want to thank you for taking part in the beta and helping us make sure the launch will be, to quote a certain masked Sith Lord, a day long remembered. Uh, we have much more to share with you, or we'll have much more to share with you, before we see you on the battlefront in November. So it looks like most of the, the biggest concerns about the loot crates are being addressed in that, on the one hand, it's not if you get a duplicate, it ranks it up to the next level, which is unfortunate because... I guess it depends on how much you're actually getting out of it. Instead, you're going to be getting crafting material that you can use to upgrade star cards, but will it be enough to upgrade a whole level like you would have gotten with a duplicate in the beta? Um, the fact that a lot of the most powerful stuff is going to be earned in-game, it will not be able to be found in loot crates, that's a good thing, I think. That addresses the idea of people that are whales spending a lot of money and getting all the best stuff ahead of time. And if you have to actually uh, upgrade and unlock the ability to do an upgrade um, by reaching a high enough rank, that again makes it so that at least at, at the start, you can't have somebody come in, pay a ton of money on crates at the very beginning, get all the best stuff, and immediately jump in to being able to use that stuff early on, completely unbalancing the game for the first month or whatever um, of the game itself. So it seems like some of it has been addressed. Um, what do you think about this? I mean, is this good news? Is it... Uh, too little, too late. Not enough. Is this exactly what you were hoping for? Yeah, it's 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 too late. I'm canceling my pre-order. Wah, wah. <laughs> no. Now the real answer is the the real answer is I'm actually blown away. Um, this is the type of communication that we absolutely were not getting from uh, the original Battlefront game. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was just ignore, 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 ignore. And now it's like one guy said this thing. Let's address it, you know. And and that's surprising and awesome, because first off, that's that's good for any company, not not just EA, not just with this game, but any company. Um, and and there's lots of companies out there who are kind of bad at, at uh, keeping in touch and, and and addressing what their uh, 
you know, what their customers essentially want. And the fact that they have put so much thought into because even myself, I was like, well, you know, I don't know. But then seeing some other people make suggestions and stuff and then see, okay, that's what they went with. It, it really shows that they are, are trying to uh, make this balance work as, as well as possible. And that they use the beta in the way that you use a beta and said, okay, this is, these are some of the, the things that you said. And even if they're small things... Like, oh, this is a little too powerful. Uh, this guy needs to be buffed. And they're like, yep, you're right. We're going to get on that. That, that to me, is terrific. Yeah, I was very impressed by it myself. I, I wonder if there's like a small print somewhere I'm not seeing that says something like, and please, John Boyega, don't call us out on social media this time. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I found that pretty impressive that they're actually, like you said, using a beta like a beta. Because right. usually a beta isn't used like a beta anymore. Use is just a server stress test and very little changes for the actual game launch from the time. We talked about this uh, in a previous episode. So kind of cool to see they're tweaking it. I wonder how many of those tweaks are going to be in place by the actual launch. We'll see. Um, we still got about a month, a little less than a month before that happens. Um, but yeah, this reminds me a lot of the ongoing communication of uh, Bungie through the news updates and blog updates and whatnot for Destiny for a long time. And uh, to a lesser extent, what we see with similar updates that come from a CCP uh, for Eve Valkyrie, talking about what's coming next and what we're tweaking and how we've listened to feedback and that sort of thing. And I think it takes a it takes the right mindset to be able to do something like that, to be able to say, we've listened to your feedback, here's what you said and here's how we're addressing it. As opposed to it just being, look at this new feature. Even if that feature was addressing feedback, it's being able to sort of step back and say, you know what? You as players were right. This is something we should have addressed, which takes a sort of humility or at least a small measure of humility that a lot of times companies don't have when they're talking about these types of things. Um, the other post-beta news we got, though, was something relating to this idea of, will anything carry over from the beta to the regular game. And there was hints that something would, including a crate, but it wouldn't be all of your stats. This would not be something like Gran Turismo Sport where you play the beta and everything from the beta carries directly over into the base game and just gives you a head start. Yeah, I don't um, like that actually. I think that's I think that's unfair, you know? Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, I think that's definitely an unfair move. Especially, well, and I would say that it's a little bit different because with Gran Turismo Sport, it was an open beta. Anybody could play, anybody could get ahead. With Battlefront, it was only an open beta for those last few days, and anybody who jumped in before got a little bit of a head start. Right, exactly. So that, I think, is where there would have been an issue. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and especially with the whole loot system, you know, the, the crate system, the way they're doing it and all, I, I think that, you know, it's something that obviously, like, you and I would have, uh, you know, it would have been advantageous for it, but... It also would have been that we paid for it, you know, because we bought the, uh, you know, we pre-ordered and everything. And I, I just, I don't know. It's, to me, it's, it's not worth it, I don't think, to, um, to go that route. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm glad that they're not. I, I have, it's, I, I see no value in, in being able to get those things if the greater community as a whole isn't able to, um, to access them and it even sort of takes away a bit from you know the the joy of getting them because you're like oh i'm starting with all this stuff uh i mean granted yes you were playing with those things before but that was a beta logic 
Reasoning? <laughs> What's best for the community? <laughs> that podcast think they're so smart, eh? They think their brain's so big. Um, so we got an email actually today, uh, right before recording. Uh, Star Wars Battlefront 2 from EA. Thanks for playing. We've been amazed at the response from our multiplayer beta and are grateful you decided to join us. That's why you'll receive a specially curated crate to give you a head start in battle when the game launches in November. And then when you actually click your way through, you find an, an update on the EA Battlefront site that says, Thanks for playing. Carry rewards over to the full release. Founders Crate. Everyone who played the beta will receive a specially curated Founders Crate filled with goodies as a thank you from the developers, including credits, an exclusive emote for Darth Maul, and a rare Trooper Star card to give them a head start in battle. Um, I don't know, and that's sort of that's that's sort of threading that line, right? If they give you credits, they give you a, a rare Trooper Star card. That's a little bit of a head start over someone else getting a crate to be able to get those same things. Uh, I think the emote for Maul, since that's just a cosmetic thing, right, yeah. that won't be a thing. But I can imagine people, for the exact same reasons you just laid out, even this is a, such a minor thing, Well, it's just griping me, about this, even though it's it's a nice thank you for bothering to play the beta and you know, giving feedback and everything. Well, if anything, it's I, I think that they this is a situation of where they used um, verbiage they shouldn't have used. Don't don't say give you a head start, you know, like that's yeah. Don't say head start, although it is a head start in a minor minor way. Right, like maybe just they let you put your foot over the line at the beginning of the race type of deal, you know. I mean, it's yeah. Um, but I don't know. I, I don't know how much you know. If you're getting you know credits to buy half the stuff in the store, that's a massive head start. If you're getting like half the credits to buy an emote, well then that's you know, that's nice, but not uh, not anything spectacular. So. Yeah. I think it reminds me of, um, you know, like if you got the uh, season pass last time, you got an exclusive emote, and I think you got access a little bit early to a particular weapon that everybody else could get access to fairly early. Wasn't it the DL-44 that was kind I, of overpowered to begin with? See, so it really I didn't depends think it was, but a lot of people seem to. I, I thought it was balanced because it, um, it didn't have the range or the... Um, the uh, I, mean, yeah, I mean, it was... It had a lot of power, but it was lacking in every other aspect of it. So I thought it was fine, but I, yeah, I know I did hear quite a bit of complaining about that. So, you know, if we get anything even similar to that this time, then we're going to hear complaining and, you know, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We shall see. And then, of course, the other big news was that, of course, we couldn't play the story in the beta, but we have a new uh, story trailer that has come out that is entirely focused not on just... We're focusing on, you know, talking about the game, and here's a lot of our trailer focusing on the story. It's actually a specific trailer just about the story mode um, that lets us see Aiden Versio and Inferno Squad in action some, gets to see uh, Admiral Versio a little bit, and some hints of how it might connect to other things. Um, I thought it was a pretty solid trailer. There are people out there saying that it's a better trailer than trailers we've gotten for Star Wars films, though I'm not sure if I would go that far. It certainly is. A compelling trailer. Yeah. Um, in fact, I go ahead. I don't know if you're going to be able to hear this, but I'll go ahead and hit play on that right now. Um, just so that our listeners can, you know, if you haven't seen it yet, you can at least listen to it. Because um, it's pretty exciting, I think.
assist. Ignite the inferno. You wish to see me, sir? The Emperor is dead. So what happens now? We retaliate, Commander. We've been fighting our whole lives. Today, the Rebellion dies. The Empire's time has come. This is not our mission. I am your commander, stand down! You take orders from me! Yeah, so pretty awesome. Were you able to actually hear that or no? Uh, I wasn't hearing it as you played it, but as soon as you said you were playing it, I played it on my end so that I could watch and refresh my memory. Um, yeah, it looks pretty awesome, yeah. uh, especially after reading the Inferno Squad novel. Now, one thing, I'm, I'm imagining that's her father that's uh, like saying, you take orders from me. Yeah, that's Garrick Versio. That's, for some reason, that's not how I imagined him in my head. Um to me, he's a little bit. Uh, he he kind of looks here. He looks like uh, um, is it J.K. Simmons? Is that the guy's name? Um, the guy that played uh, uh, J. Jonah Jameson in yeah, Tobey yep. Maguire. Yeah, yeah. He, he kind of reminds me of J.K. Simmons a little bit. I imagined uh, in my head reading the book. I imagined a guy that looked uh, sort of like a cross between Krennic and Tarkin, um, but. Uh, you know, a, a little more uh, masculine, well, I guess I would say. But well, now, 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 critics of Rogue One would say that this Versio looks a lot like Tarkin because he's definitely CG. <laughs> so anyhow, um, I mean, I'm... Uh, now, I'll say I think that it's now. I this is one of those things where I had actually watched previous trailers before reading Inferno Squad purposely to sort of get the character's images in my head. Right. Uh, which is actually something that caused issues because the more research I did into the game and who the main characters were, the more I realized that at least one character that I'd come to like in the book would have to be transferred or die by the end of it or something because right. they weren't in any of the game materials. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I think that this, it carries along the same attitude that we saw before. Um, seeing... Aiden and having that emotional music playing and everything, I think, plays well with with now that we know Aiden from the book, it's gonna it's gonna do that whole Stover effect, as I call it, where you read something that's in a spin-off material that gives you some type of better appreciation for some other primary source material. Um, the things that stood out to me, um, let's see. I guess there's four things that stood out. One is the music. If that music isn't available somewhere already, I want it to be. Because <laughs> right. I love that music, mm -hmm. and we've seen it a couple of times, or heard it a couple of times, and I'm not sure where I could find it. I want that music. Yep. Um, I think that uh, it was cool seeing, I mean, we already knew there was going to be a battle in Theed, but of course the mode that we played was a Clone Wars era one. But if they wind up with story element battles on Theed, unless it's a flashback, it's going to have to be in the post-Return of the Jedi era, 
And if they do that, I'm betting that is the same feed conflict we see in Shattered Empire, which is awesome. Um, the idea of actually weaving it into other Star Wars canonical materials that have been released post-Return of the Jedi uh, in the last few years. That'll be cool. Um, it gave me really a gut punch to see Leia yeah. because that is such a well-done character model that I'm like, well, you know, um, with, of course, Carrie Fisher having passed about a year ago at this point. Um, the only thing that bothered me about it, because, I, I mean, all of it was just like, that is awesome. And they're almost to that Uncharted 4 level of, of character models because it's all game footage they talk about. Um, awesome. But can we please have a game that is a military-based shooter? I don't care if it's Star Wars or otherwise. Can we please have one that doesn't have a I'm your commanding officer type of scene? <laughs> please? Because this one apparently has at least two of them. Yeah. We get it. Insubordination, bad. I'm your commanding officer. Follow my judgment. Must assert your authority. But that cliche is so overdone that it's not even just a Star Wars cliche overdone. It is overdone in the genre in general across every medium. And it kind of pains me to see that in this story because I would have hoped that their storytelling would have been better than that. I'm sure the broader story will be great. But seriously, seriously, I'm your commanding officer. Stand down. You take orders from me. And the obvious nature that that's two different scenes pulling the same cliche. God help me. Um, I thought that was actually two different scenes because wasn't that her voice? So I was thinking that was her talking to her squad Right, that's, that's what I said. It's two different scenes. It's oh, two different oh, oh, places I'm of sorry. the same thing. I thought it's you Mercio were saying... It's talking to her, and in another place, it's her talking to her squad. Right. So we're I getting the same the cliche twice in one, what what they call it, five to ten hour or eight hour or whatever it is story? Well, I was going to get to that, but yeah. Um... <laughs> Set up. Right. Well, but we're not quite there yet. Yeah, I mean, it's it doesn't bother me. I don't care. Um, but maybe that's just because since I have such a... Um, problem with authority i hear stuff like that all the time anyway Perhaps. um yeah. and I, sh I should probably mention here when you get done watching that on youtube it does give you an advertisement for pre-ordering and everything right now um i found this and i'm, I'm assuming this probably happened to you too um i ordered through amazon uh -huh. did my pre-order for a physical copy through amazon so i could use the discount from amazon prime and everything um and uh, they have confirmed that, yes, it, you're supposed to get it on the 14th if you pre-ordered the Elite Trooper Deluxe Edition instead of the 17th because that's that early access you're supposed to get for the Deluxe Edition. So it looks like that they've confirmed that. But I found it interesting. You know how you were supposed to, if you could pre-order before October, I guess it was 9th, you got that uh, Yoda's uh, Lightsaber Mastery Star card? They sent out the code for that already. <laughs> they didn't send out the beta codes until after the beta was already an entire day done and it pissed off a lot of people. So maybe they're like overcorrecting, but here we are about a month before the game's released and they're already like, here's your code for the, the, the star card. Yeah, I need to be careful with that because I, um, you know, I go through and delete a lot of my emails in bulk because I just, I get so many of them and I don't, uh, I don't want to be like, oh, that's the email for the, the beta. That's long gone and then delete that one. That would not be good at all. Which strikes me now that I think I probably have deleted that email. I need to hunt that thing down. <laughs> or did I already enter that one? I don't honestly remember, but yeah, but I need to hunt that You can't enter it now, though? I don't know. <laughs> well, we'll see. Uh, yeah, so we've, we've got some... <laughs> we're like, hurry up, finish the show, and then rush to our PlayStations. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited about it. I think it looks good. I'm a bit confused as to 
I, I imagine that that droid is the same one that Del Mico had all during the uh, the uh, the book, the Inferno Squad book. Is that... Probably, except now it's with her instead of right. with him. That's a little odd to me, and maybe that's something that they'll explain or whatever, but if they don't explain well, they, that they, and they, she's um, just running around they... with a droid, I'm going to be like, what is going on? They've released about 90 minutes of the game's gameplay through places like the PlayStation blog, and it looks like what you've got is an early mission where that droid... You control that droid briefly and eventually find Aiden and free her. Hence the little, you know, it taking the cuffs off of her thing, gotcha. which seems to be the same sequence in which she winds up going off the rebel ship backwards with the crossed arms out the excellent, airlock. Excellent, excellent sequence. So I'm assuming sequence, that, it's, yeah. that it's that he like sent it for her, not right. that she's actually controlling it. Makes sense. Yeah. So it's not her droid, hopefully. And uh, I, I love that sequence where she salutes them and then just like you know, just dives off backwards. Such an awesome, uh, awesome little scene there. I can add here some information about that code. Uh, yes, I had deleted it, but apparently I have redeemed it. I went ahead and grabbed it and brought it back to my inbox. Uh -huh. um, if you got that, it would have come through. Actually, came through on my birthday. It came through on uh, October 17, uh, in my case, at about 3 a.m. Eastern time. And it says it'll say benefit confirmation for, and then give you your order number. The way to tell that this is the one for Battlefront is... Scroll down under where it says promotion details directly underneath the code, and it'll say the Amazon Video Games team thanks you for purchasing, and it'll say Battlefront 2 and have the code listed on there. So I must have redeemed the code already because otherwise I wouldn't know it's the Yoda Lightsaber Mastery um, code because it doesn't tell you that's what it is. Well, I, heard, I certainly hope so. When did you say that was? The 17th? The 17th, so exactly one month before the wide release um, after the Elite Trooper Edition Early Access. Okay, yep, I'm seeing it right here. I have not deleted it, so uh, I've got something to do real quick after I hop off with you then. <laughs> um, yeah, so, I mean, I don't know that I really have anything else to say about it, just other than it looks cool, it looks nice. Um, seems like I remember now. I always think of the uh, Gazanti as, as being a, a tie carrier, but it does seem like I, I remember seeing in something, at least, that it also... Rebels. Okay, uh, um, but seeing it actually uh, carrying those ATATs was was really cool. So um, yeah, it looks like it's going to be pretty good. And again, um, we have gotten some information about the length. You said uh, you were the one who actually grabbed that and put it in the show notes. I was just kind of riffing on it, and I think I said it right. How long did they say it was approximately going to be? Um, so basically, now this was from uh, the producer David uh, Robillard. Or Ro Billard? I don't know. Anyhow, that dude said, uh, I think it was speaking to um, Rolling Stone maybe, but I, I may be incorrect on that. But anyhow, he said, we thought that around five to seven maybe, uh, eight hours is probably a good amount of time. We wanted to stay very driven towards the Star Wars fantasy that the players are going to experience and not have it drawn out. So um, essentially what, what I'm reading there is, yeah, we wanted to kind of make it short so people would focus more on the multiplayer. <laughs> I, that's what I'm getting from that. Uh, Which is fairly typical for a multiplayer shooter that has a story at all. Kind of. To have was, a relatively short story. I was thinking that they were longer than that. Um, what I was reading was that, that that is pretty common with, like, say, the, the Battlefield, Battlefront, or, excuse me, Battlefield and Call of Duty games, but... I haven't played any of those in quite some time. I was thinking that some of the older games um, did have longer run times than that, but I, I could be totally wrong. Um, in fact, I'll go ahead and uh, look up 
you know, and see with like uh, Call of Duty 4. That was like the big one that really sort of uh, at least rekindled the whole, you know, war uh, first person shooter thing. Right. I think five to seven, maybe eight hours. If that was a standalone game, we'd be angry. Uh, and I'm sure there are probably some people who are already pissed off now about this. But I think that given that that it's one mode out of many and such a content focus on multiplayer, I think that five to seven or eight hours, it's not a particularly bad thing. I'd love to see longer, but that's because I tend to prefer single-player story-driven games anyway. Um, but apparently I'm not what the genre is making games for anymore anyway. Right. So, you know, I'll, I'll just stick to my... VR games that are usually, you know, if you play a VR game, five to seven or eight hours is huge for most VR games at this point. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's true. Um, but so I, I I was able to actually pull it up and, um, you know, it's it's kind of weird. It The uh, Call of Duty 4 Modern Warfare was seven hours is, is what it, uh, that was about the main time of where it's um, how long to beat. Is, is a website and there you go and they actually put on there that uh you know for that one the a- average time or whatever was uh about seven hours so you know so that's that's still kind of hitting with that which then kind of makes me curious about other games such as like uncharted because i i was thinking the first uncharted game where it was good was crazy crazy uh short so now i'm like well how long was that and what i'm seeing here is about eight and a half hours which is funny i i thought that uh it um i thought it was shorter than that one because both games came out relatively around the same time so that that really has no bearing on it it's just you know for if if anyone else is like i also played those games and now i have a better understanding of how long this game will be or i'm completely confused because i was like you and i thought that the one was longer than the other so whatever (laughs) just a question of how much you played it i i will I gotta say that I remember I remember Uncharted One um, being so unforgiving on higher difficulty levels that it became much longer than you thought it was going to be. Oh, you know, because you would constantly die. Well, and and granted, because I, I, I don't want to be like, oh, I'm such a good gamer, because you can go see Twitch, uh, you can go on some of the Nathan's uh, Twitch stuff and or YouTube or whatever it is, and, and see that I'm not that great. But uh, I for Uncharted. I actually did really well with it, and it felt more like because I, I started out playing it on uh, medium, and it felt like easy. And then I went up to the hardest setting, and it felt like a more medium setting for me. But that may just be the type of games that I'm, you know, a little bit better at than say something like a uh, Call of Duty or Battlefront. I don't know. Don't worry, folks. That was not him tuning his own horn. That was him recreating the Kari Kun Snap Wexley wedding. Sure. Who is Kari Kun again? Kari Kun's the other pilot from Black Squadron from the Poe Dameron comics. Is she the one that was on Game of Thrones? No, no, that's no, somebody else. that's Jess Pava. Yeah. Kari Kun is the one that he has the romance with and that everybody thought when Escape from Bajan came out, oh, I guess they got married and we just didn't see it in the Poe Dameron comics. That's cool. And then the newest Poe Dameron comic comes out and it turns out that there's like a te- at least a temporary breakup and apparently they were never married in the first place and everybody's wondering how the hell does it all come together? That's weird. <sighs> Again, um, that's more for Beyond the Films, but uh, 
I swear, I swear, fitting all the the story group canon stuff together. If 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 nearing forty has caused my hair to go gray, that's what's going to cause it to fall out. I'm going to be the incredible bald podcaster in a few years. All right. Well, there's that. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and just uh, close out of this thing. Does that sound all right to you? That sounds good to me. I think we've hit uh, the bulk of everything. Battlefront Two again, kind of dominating the news along with the. Uh, the visceral game. I do find it interesting that you've got a lot of headlines out there about the visceral one that are things like, like the only Star Wars game we were looking forward to has been canceled. And it's, it's probably a little bit of hyperbole, um, but of course, <laughs> big news. So uh, once again, we have a big news episode as opposed to a lots of little news episode. Right, right. Um, so if you have any sort of feedback or, uh, you know, questions, statements, whatever, you can go ahead and send that to us. The The best way to make sure that we read that on the show uh, would be to just send that over to cloudcitycasino at gmail.com. Uh, definitely want to say thank you to everybody who participates on the uh, Facebook and uh, Twitter, which is, you know, occasionally we'll get stuff from there just over uh, at Cloud City Casino on, on both of those. I know we have been getting some stuff, but I, I did not pull those up, so I, I apologize. Um Nate, you're you're making sure to respond to those people, right? I'm responding on Facebook, yes. <laughs> right. I um, don't barely touch the Twitter, but I think that's more of your department. Yeah. I, Nate tends to, to focus on the Facebook a little more, and I, I tend to focus on the Twitter a little bit more. Um, just because a lot of it is I need to go through and try to jump out of some Facebook groups and stuff. I just get so many notifications that that stuff gets lost for me, um, and I, I just don't see them. So uh, apologies there. But uh, beside that, you can also find us just over at uh, StarWarsReport.com. And we are actually also on TuneIn, uh, Stitcher. I also found out today we were on Podbean. Had no idea about that. Uh, we are on the Star Wars podcast app over on the Google Play Store. And then, uh, of course, we're also on iTunes, which is a lot, lot more user-friendly now. And you can actually leave reviews a lot easier which may be the reason why i'm noticing a, a little bit of an uptick in reviews but i think it's because everybody wants to get a free link to where they can purchase your book nate that's that is my opinion on that that's you know seems to be uh you know since since we've stated that we've been getting reviews so you know make sure you're you're sending those links out to where they can buy those books yeah, I'm pretty sure that's a coincidence, but okay, sure. Um, of course, for me, of course, I can also be heard on uh, Star Wars Beyond the Films, which is also at StarWarsReport.com. Uh, that's what I host with Mark Herlewin. My Star Wars Timeline Gold can be found at StarWarsFanWars.com slash Timeline. The 2017 20th Anniversary Edition uh, was just released. And uh, the book can be found by searching for a saga on home video on Amazon, or he's going to post a link to it. There's your link. Um uh, YouTube channel, youtube.com slash chrono radio. And um, let's see. And the Patreon, patreon.com slash Nathan P. Butler. So lots of links, lots of places to find me, depending on what you're uh, looking for. And of course, if you want to see some video on the contents of those different releases that I mentioned early on, like Imperial Assault and Rebellion and so forth, the YouTube channel is the place to check for that because I did put up separate videos for each of those Imperial Assault items. Uh, and Rebellion, and what cards are inside that Aggressive Negotiations pack. As new Fantasy Fight game stuff comes out, comes in, I get it reviewed on there. 
Right, and then eventually we'll we'll hit it up on here. And uh, Ghosts of Dathomir finally came out. My God, I can't <laughs> believe it. I, my my mind is blown. I I didn't even mention it before because it's so hard for me to believe that it's actually real that Ghosts of Dathomir for Force and Destiny finally came out. So that'll be something to talk about soon too. Sweet, sweet. Uh, and then of course, like I said, I, I do the the Twitter thing more, but I also do Instagram, and I'm just at Morris Isley on both of those. So really, nothing else to say except for. Let the Wookiee win. close down your part of the company and <laughs> reorganize everything. Right, right. Lots of lots of reorganizing that we will try to get everybody as, you know, where we can get them or whatever, you know, like try to move everybody around. I'm like, that's not, that doesn't sound promising. Like, oh yeah. We're we just going to shuffle everybody. It's all right. You know that guy who was a lead story writer on that game? Yeah, that person is now handling mopping the floor outside the bathroom, but we found him a position. See, I, I take it more, and maybe this is because I'm, I'm more cynical, but I take it as, oh, the manager, um, you know, we, we kept him, but we fired all his employees. <laughs> you all know? the little people are gone. Yeah. Wow. I don't know. I'm, I'm sorry. I, I didn't mean to take so long to come up with a let the Wookiee win. It's just when you said Instagram, my immediate thought was, for some reason, my thought was that uh, if I got on there too, would that mean that we were Instagram crackers? <laughs> and then... And it just stuck in my head and wouldn't let go for a minute. My bad. Oh, my God. This party's over.